This is a free download from Understand Nancy Leland Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Nancy Leland Church building. At the bank, St. Sampson, the Nicola Lion of Guernsey. Contact us or find out more information about us. Please visit our website at the an opportunity I have this morning uh, to uh, stand here knowing that your pastor's not going to be in the room and um, just the opportunity just really to say whatever I want to say about her. Oh, you're still in the room. <laughs> Can you, it's a bit rude to talk about you while you're here. <laughs> Great to be with you again. And uh, nice to see some new faces. And um, so that's good, isn't it? Shows that you're growing and uh, that's good. And, and also um, some people are away. It's better if, you, if it's not announced that I'm coming because then you get a bigger attendance, I think. Um, so, um, I was moved this morning to, to hear that uh, you, were, you take a, an, an offering for um, your previous pastor, John, who's, um, I, I'm, I'm, I've got pastoral care for him, he's in my region, so my region is, um, if, if you know your geography, uh, Northumberland down to Kingsling across to Worcestershire and everything in between no that's that, that, amazing <laughs> I actually think you can tell a lot about a person by <laughs> the ringtone of their phone yeah let's just pray for you right now and <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's okay. Anybody who sits next to Ange, I know who you are, really. It's, it's okay. Um, yeah, so I was, I was moved by that um, and, and actually confirms a little bit about what I want to... Well, comes up, confirms a lot about what I want to uh, share with you this morning um, because it reveals to me that certainly corporately... Uh, I don't know you that well enough individually to know whether this is true and maybe the, you know, this is where I want to challenge and provoke into your life. But certainly corporately, there is a generosity of heart um, of the church that you would... What a, what a blessing you are. So, uh, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for that. Um, I, my world uh, from when I was working overseas for several years and I've come back um, into a, a UK role, it's been quite a transition. And one of the big things that I've noticed uh, is as I've come back to the UK to work with the churches in the UK that are in decline, um, is and one of my tasks is to stop that and, and to turn that around. Um, one of the big things I've noticed is complaint. Um, I don't know whether it's a society we're living, 
Um, but there was one, there was one weekend, a, a couple of weekends ago, and, uh, which has been the catalyst for this message this morning, when like every moment it just seemed that there was complaints being thrown into me about other people. You know, so either, you know, members complaining about the elders, elders about the members, members about the pastor, pastor about the members. And, um, I, you know, I mean, even, even, even um, a Sunday ago, um, does this go live on, on uh, straight or live, does it? Ah, oh, it's fine. It's true. Don't care. Um, it's just the truth. Like, okay, the person needs to be offended. Um, and um, <laughs> so I was met in the aisle. You know, I can't really stop walking down the aisle now. Um, trying to go round the back. <laughs> Don't walk where there's people. That's the key. Um, but anyway, uh, I walked down the aisle after... <laughs> not here. I've never known a church quite like it. You're quite holy, aren't you? Um, I walked down the aisle and this woman approached me and um, I could see there were going to be problems. You know, you know, she's carrying that kind of a face. You know, thinking, oh dear, what's happened to you? You know, even before I got there, I'm thinking, oh Jesus, this would be a good moment to return right now because I'm approaching this woman. I'm ready. Uh, he never came, so I carried on. And um, she said, um, I wrote to my pastor told him I forgave him, never wrote back, can you sort it out? So hold on, you wrote to your pastor to forgive him? Yes. Okay. And I thought, well, you know, I wouldn't have wrote back to you either. Um, <laughs> as it is, I thought, um, you know, why don't you write again? Well, okay, but this time, why don't you write and say, uh, will you forgive me? but I've done nothing wrong. Hmm, hmm. Jesus didn't do anything wrong either, but he went on the cross for you. Oh. I never thought about that. And that's the point, you see, because we carry the gospel message, which is one of a generosity of heart of God, who gave everything and continues to be the saviour of our life, getting us out of all kinds of predicaments and forgiven us and being gracious. Did you ever look in the mirror and thinking, you know, so the other day I went, I went into my room the other day, I'd just been preaching, I thought, God, I don't know why you use me. Is there anybody else? Because like, I, you know, are you never overwhelmed by the grace of God on your life? How generous he is towards you. The enemy of your soul is, one of the things he's, I think perhaps the most, uh, important thing for him is to have you have a closed heart, a shrunken heart, a stingy heart. Um, he cannot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you. It doesn't matter the songs that you sing. But if you become very generous towards people um, in your heart, then then he knows that the kingdom of God is going to advance. There's going to be influence. And uh, there's going to be a glorification of Jesus um, coming from the generosity of your heart. And I want to speak into that from a passage that Jesus is speaking to, to the religious people. And he's really trying to get them to enlarge their heart. That's what he's trying to do. 
People get offended by all kinds of things, don't they? I mean, we, when you slow it all down, they get offended by language, they get offended by appearances, get offended by politics, they get offended by people's bad habits, they get offended by, you know, everything really. You know, and I realised the other day that, you know, I was having coffee with somebody and somebody got offended because I was having coffee with them because they're offended by that person. Yeah? Well, I didn't know you were going to have coffee with them. Well, well it's only coffee. Yeah, well, you know what they did, you know, you know what they said, you know. And then, uh, you know, if you follow that, if you follow that route, you know, you, you know, you can have a, a coffee with this person and then that person can be offended. Before long, you realise that actually, I'm not going to have coffee with anybody. You know, <laughs> coffee is important and nobody's going to drink with me because somebody's connected in some way and offended by somebody, you know, before long. I'm going to have to go to another country to have a coffee. Because people are always offended, you see. And offended with you because you've done that and you've got, had some connections. There's a purity that um, isn't very pure and not very happy either. It creeps into Christianity. And I wonder if God can offend our purity. I think he can. Jesus was very good at it. Jesus has just finished responding to the Pharisees who were criticising him for healing a man who was mute. I mean, how dare he? And in Luke chapter 11, if you've got your Bibles, if not, or on your iPad, or just in your brain, because you know you carry the Word of God, memorised it since childhood. Chapter 11, verse 37. We'll, we'll read a whole section. It's very cheery, um, but I'll, I'll try and make it a little bit more clear. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal and was surprised. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who make made the outside make the inside also, but give what is inside the dish to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Let's just stop there for a moment. Um, what, what was happening is that Jesus has just given a, a talk and he's been invited to dinner and he enters into the house and he sits right down for dinner and the Pharisee is shocked and is somewhat offended that Jesus didn't wash his hands before dinner. This has got nothing to do with Jesus' poor hygiene. Okay? It's got nothing to do with that. Okay? Absolutely nothing. What it is, is that the Pharisees, the religious people have this, they've adopted, um, who is looking after those children? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to complain about that afterwards. It's a little bit annoying. I don't know who it is. Going to mention that at the church session. Anyway, the uh, the purifi- <laughs> the Pharisees they were following a purification rite act of worship that w- that that was happening in the temple. The Pharisees never went into the temple as priests. That was a group called the Sadducees. They they didn't do that. But what was happening in the temple was um, there was some 
an act of worship which the Muslims and the Jews still follow today. And that is that before you go into worship, you go through this cleansing ritual, you know, behind the ears and everything and all that kind of malarkey. And then you go into the place of worship. Still practiced today. And uh, it's, uh, it's the Jews, they, had a, they, they called it the lifting up of the hands. Um, and it stems right back into Old Testament times with Aaron, and it was practiced at the time of Jesus, still is today, as I said. And the Pharisees looked at that and thought, we should adopt that in our homes. We should bring that from the temple, we should put that into our homes and apply that to every time that we have dinner, every time we have a meal, we'll take that practice and we'll bring it into our homes. Jesus comes to the Pharisee's house for a meal. He does not perform the lifting up of the hands. And the Pharisee becomes offended. Listen to me. Jesus will offend our paltry attempt at being pure and being righteous. Especially when it's an interpretation of the Bible that's handed down by generations and applied to our lives in a way that it was never meant to be. They exist in our lives and in our churches today. Every Sunday in church in our Western world, (laughs) most definitely. Every church has this because human beings are in there. And on Sundays, there's someone becoming offended in church because it was not done in the family way. Even a a loved uh, older lady of of my life, um, who's who's a great supporter of me, she confided in me, oh, I'm just so offended on Sunday because a younger minister um, was preaching and he said a certain slang word um, which in 2019 isn't really offensive but in church to that generation it's just uh, just grated a little bit on her. It's there, it exists. It's not the family way and it bothers our brain and when it, when, it, when it digs in as a seed and it grows, we shrink a little bit. We just get a bit smaller because of the offence that we've seen. It's not the family way. And the irony is that we can lift up our hands and at the same time be offended with the fact that the leader or someone who's leading the service or preaching or whatever they're doing is not performing the lifting up of the hands that is so steeped in our history. And offence arrives unknowingly. We never came, we never woke up that morning to say, today I'm hoping to be offended. No, um, offence hits us unknowingly uh, because we don't usually believe we are offended. We just believe we are right. Because we know it's wrong to be offended. 
where offence comes to us. And we sit in judgment and the meal becomes a little awkward. It's just a little tense. Sometimes that's a communion meal. Jesus says to these Pharisees something that I find really interesting because he says to them in, in verse 41, he says, As for what's inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Now the poor is not just the beggars on the street. It's for those people who are just below you in your mind. Those who may be on a different class, those who may not have what you have, whether intelligence or financial or beneficial in any way. Be generous to people and it will, you will be clean inside if you're generous, which is an incredible thing. You know, Jesus didn't say you'll be clean inside if you say the sinner's prayer, which is interesting because the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. But we would be getting offended if anybody says I'm a Christian without saying the sinner's prayer, which is an interesting thing, but it's an avenue I don't want to go down necessarily because it might cause offence. Um, But generous to everybody in your heart. Just be open and big towards people and inside you won't be dirty. It's an incredible thing. So I want to unpack this a little bit. And then, so I'm going to, I'm going to uh, share these things that Jesus spoke to them about. And then I'm going to give you three helps at the end. Okay, so when you, when you know I've got to the three helps, you're thinking, good, we're nearly out of here. Right, so, first thing is this. We need to be generous with our money because... Your attitude to your money will reveal your heart. So Jesus comes and and says um, in verse 42, Woe to you Pharisees because you give give God a tenth of your mint and your rue and all the other kinds of garden herbs. Can you imagine that? Going before you came to church today, you, you, you went and got some money, right? It was your money, hopefully. But you went and got... But can you imagine going out into the garden and going, right, now then, how much mint have I grown this week? I'll, I'll, I'll take a tenth and you have to get my ruler out and everything and make sure I don't give too much, you know. And, and that's exactly what was happening. And you, and you give all the kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. The outside can look really perfect and you can look in the mirror today and go... Mm. what a woman of God I am, what a man of God I am, look at how good I am. But inside you can be very, very tight, you can be very stingy, you can be very selfish, and we know that to be true. We need to learn to be generous in our hearts. Now, I was a pastor for 21 years, I had two churches, and in that time I never got involved in banking money. Because as a pastor, you don't touch the money. You don't, don't even go anywhere near the money, right? It's just like, it's just, a, it's just one of those, you know, uh, uh, one of those rules. What's those rules that doctors have? Not a hypocritical oath, is it? What did you say? Hippocratic oath, yeah. It's one of those things. I knew you were intelligent when I came in. I looked at you and I thought, 
So that's somebody with brains. Um, but anyway, um, it's just one of those, don't, you don't do those things, right? So, but in my first year as a minister, the treasurer, it was only a small church, and the treasurer was sick one, one week, and the treasurer said, will you, will you take the checks to the bank? <laughs> okay. So, I knew not, Paul, do not look at the checks. I don't know if you still do checks. You know, we still write checks. I don't know. But anyway, we did back then. Um, you don't look at the checks. That's, you never look at the checks. Paul, so I mean, I'm going to the bank. I'm not looking at the checks. These are checks of the members that I serve. I'm not looking at them. Because uh, it's, it's the wrong thing to do, isn't it? You know? Because, I mean, like if I look at a check and I'm thinking, wow, that's a big giver. I'm going to be visiting that person every week. Are you with me? You know, they're going to be the best visitor member ever, you know? If I see a check and it's like, you know, nothing there, I'm thinking, huh, you can clear it off. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to look at the checks. Paul, do not look at the checks, right? So I'm standing in the bank, right? And I, I'm looking at the checks. Mm. And <laughs> I got really offended, right, when I looked at this check. Uh, <laughs> because this check was, it wasn't, it wasn't the amount, it was how the check ended, right? It was, I'll never forget it, it was like, it's just a real shock to me. It ended with 0.33 pence. <laughs> and I thought, what? 0.33? I mean, I could just imagine this brother with his calculator. <laughs> 0.33. I mean, I don't know what it was at the beginning. I don't care. It was 0.3. Round, just round it down. You know, even though you're going to round it up. But make it 50p. Come on. Let's have a blast. You know? And, but, but it was just on the spot. Detail. 0.33. I'll never forget it. I never went to the bank ever again with the church's checks. The Pharisees were not even putting... Jesus says, you're not even putting exactly 0.33 pence in your dealings with people. How you're looking at your money, it's revealing what your heart is towards people. They had to, Jesus is saying, you've got no thoughts towards justice of people, towards the love and towards helping people. If only you'd given such meticulous attention to their cause, never mind being really extravagant and just pouring out love upon people. He'd have been good for you. Their hearts were not seeking justice and love for people around them. It wouldn't be long before Jesus showed them what true love is. It wouldn't be long before justice and love, eternal justice and eternal love, came upon that cross and Jesus showed his full extent of that way and that actually the heart of love is to suffer, the heart of love is to give and it is the pathway to resurrection and new life. (coughs) Secondly, be generous in who you are. Climb down. Don't push ahead in verse 43. Woe to you Pharisees because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the marketplaces. You see, the lower you become, the higher somebody else is and that's how it should be. And it's the topsy-turvy kingdom of heaven that Jesus shows us. The world says, get ahead, climb, 
just, you know, stand on shoulders, kick them down, get to the top, be the best. Jesus said, climb down, forego your seat, let somebody else come in. Now, I don't know what kind of seats these were, but they were important seats. And I don't know if there's any important seats. Clearly, these ones at the front are not important. <laughs> so, whenever I come, there's only me and pastor sitting on them. So, clearly, these are not the important ones. Clearly, the back row are the important ones. Um, clearly, there's extra special padding. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, and... Um, I don't know what it was when you bumped into a Pharisee on the street, whether you had to bow down, you know, I don't know what kind of protocol it was, you know. I mean, I've been, I've been around the world and I, I, I get so embarrassed, I get so embarrassed at the intro, you know, um, before I come up to preach, you know. I mean, I, what I love about coming here is that your pastor's not bothered about me at all, you know. And it's like, I don't know who he is really, uh, but he keeps coming and... Uh, He's here again. That's kind of like what she was saying, really. Uh, I was offended, really. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I get given things, you know. I, I've got a loft full of stuff, right? I just don't know what to do with it. Get, get, get. And the worst thing I've ever been given, because the worst thing I've ever been given is, is a tie. It's a knitted tie from Ghana. And it says, um, I love Reverend Paul Hudson. And I've never found the occasion. <laughs> just, I wanted to wear it, but you know, it just seems a bit wrong to, to wear it. You know. Sometimes I put it on when I'm on my own. <laughs> but they want it to be noticed. And, and we need to remind ourselves who has the best seat and who deserves the greatest greeting and who has the better title. And God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave them the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Pharisees would first see Jesus sacrifice his place on earth and be slandered on the cross. Jesus says, you need to give up your seat. I remember um, my first big fundraiser, my, my first big bumper offering uh, for my first church. We were raising money for chairs. And um, I thought, I need a catchy title, you know, I need a catchy thing to really grab people's attention. So I called it Buy a Chair. <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, I'm good at marketing. It's. Um, it, it, it was brilliant. But what I didn't realise was there was somebody in my church, bless her, really annoying lady, um, but, you know, she's in heaven, hopefully. Um, well, you never know, do you? I mean, you never know. <laughs> I'm trying to offend anybody. If, you know, this is a message on offence, so I thought I'd just test you. Um, but, but she heard me say, not buy a chair, but buy my chair. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I didn't realise what actually she'd really heard uh, until the visitor came. And she, what she said to me was that, you know, you know, Pastor, you know, I, I, I'd like to buy myself. Well, I th- no, she, I, I'd like to buy a, a chair with arms, you know, because you know, I, you know, I have a bit of a back, bad back sometimes, and I like to, you know, 
push myself up. I said, all right, um, well, let's, let's have a couple then. And um, now I didn't realise that she, what she meant was I'm going to buy my chair with arms, war betide anybody who sits on my chair. This is my chair, I bought it, my chair. You know, it's like, you know, bring your own chair. Well, you might as well done, you know. And I didn't realise until the visitor came in. Visitor came in and sat, you know, on the chair, you know. She just kind of like just... Uh, she actually did this, I saw this, you know, and this is when, you know, I, I buried her. Is that she... Um, <laughs> sorry, did that come out? Did that come out? Sorry, did that come out? <laughs> so I was just thinking it. So if you're new in today... Um, it, it'll be better next week. Anyway, she, she, she stood next to the chair and she literally said, excuse me, uh, I bought that chair. And uh, you can sit on that one if you want because I sit there. And uh, yeah, that's when, um, that's when I realised that actually this woman had, uh, had bought her chair, not a chair. J- Jesus said, you know, you're so stingy. And we laugh at that, and there's funny things. But actually, these things do happen. It's incredible. And if, you're, if this is your first time in church and thinking, if this happens in church, this will not happen here. <laughs> now that it will not happen. Um, but, but it does happen in, in, in places where human beings gather. You know, it does happen, and sometimes those are religious people it happens to. And Jesus says, you know, don't do it. Um, I remember in a second. I remember I was on the front row. Me and the pastors. Nicole was there actually, and um, this man uh, uh, came. This man came to the church and said, uh, he, "He knew in. He was new in. <coughs> Pastor, you, I, I need to tell you who I am." All right. Well, what, who are you? Um, my name is whatever. And um, I said, "Okay. No, you need to know who I am." Uh, you know I'm married, yeah? I just, you've got to say that sometimes, don't you? Because I think things are getting a bit, a bit close. You know, <laughs> what do you mean? You need to know who I am. You need to know who I am. Okay, fine. Well, just write something down. So we were on that, we were sitting, we were standing here, the, the, the service had just begun, first song opening, and he comes with his business card. And um, on the business card, all around the business card was Apostle, Prophet, Teacher, heal, his name in the middle, Heal Evangelist, every title that you can think of, right? I'm looking at this car and thinking, oh my days, this, I don't think I've got a, a big enough job for this man when he comes into the church, you know? Some, some, people, some people do think they are somebody. But Jesus is the somebody. And, and Jesus is saying, look, stop being so uh, big about yourself and come smaller and elevate other people don't flaunt your titles. Don't flaunt your money. Don't flaunt who you are. Be generous in who you are. Um, thirdly, um, be generous in your conversations so that people enjoy being with you. Woe to you, verse 44. Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. It's a really interesting one because... The Lord of Moses said that if you touched a grave, you were unclean. So if you want, you know, if you, if you visit the cemetery, you touched it, 
that would make you unclean. You know, you wouldn't be able to go into the temple to worship. So the Pharisees were really concerned about what about those graves that have gone back in history and nobody's marked them out and, uh, and you could be walking over an unmarked grave and not realising you're on the grave and you become unclean but not realise you're unclean. So what we'll do is that we'll whitewash all the graves so all around were these whitewashed graves that suddenly, whoa, I didn't realise those were graves yet. We've whitewashed them so you can, so can tiptoe around them and not touch them. Jesus says, you people, you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. You make them unclean. They, they come into contact with you and then they go away from you and they go, oh, I just feel really rubbish. Now, I, I, probably this doesn't exist in Guernsey, but um, have you ever had coffee with somebody and thinking, I don't know why I bothered, you know? <laughs> I, have you ever done that? You know, I know the people in Guernsey are just, pff, I've never met such a such a bunch but but on the mainland on the mainland right you know I remember having coffee with people and thinking oh you know I came into that coffee with vision hope belief Jesus is on the throne I go away thinking I want to gas myself (laughs) yeah is it just me I mean maybe it's just me but you know this, this sometimes we're just like why did I bother with that meeting this morning because like now they've just undone everything that was in my life Um, but you see you and I we can be different if we want to be in my life I don't I don't have many goals in my life but um, you know loving my family that's it Um, but what 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 one of the big things you know when I'm not here anymore whenever that happens when I'm not here anymore I want people to think about Paul Hudson. Well, you know, when I was with him, he made me feel better. That's, that's all I want. Now, you and I, that can be our goal of our life. Well, isn't that just all that we need in our life? That actually, you know what? She was just really nice to be with. You know, and if we just focused on being nice. Jesus says... That's what I want. I want you to be really big and generous with people. Um, Here's a a fourth thing. I want you to be generous in grace. I want you to tear up your behaviour rule book. Verse 45 to 46. One of the experts in the law joins in. I'm going to have a go. Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Okay, Jesus says, you're having a go. I'm coming back to you now. And you experts in the law, what are you? Because you load people down with burdens that they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. What is Jesus saying? He's speaking right into the culture and he's saying this. Well, the truth is that there were 613, there are 613 do's and don'ts in the law of Moses. Did you know that? I mean, if you're going, yeah, I, I, I obey the law of Moses. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's 613 do's and don'ts. Now, I don't know about you, I'm failing on the first couple, you know, but 613 is a lot. But, but actually it's not the 613 that was the biggest problem. No, no, no. You see, the, the, the Pharisees had these 613 lists, but then there was questions about the lists. 
So, like, um, for example, one of, one of the rules will be um, punish a rebellious son. Hmm. But, how, but what does the son have to do to be rebellious? Huh. We've got a couple of rules about that as well. We'll help you about that one. So, rebelliousness is this. Uh, there'll be another one uh, about having a spiritual bath. Let's go back to what we were talking about. Here's a spiritual bath. Oh, the question I have is, how many litres of water shall I put in this, in this spiritual bath? Well, we'll help you with that because we've got a rule about that as well. We know exactly how many litres and what to do with the water once you've been in the bath after you've used it. Um, so, so they have a rule book of all the things that are not in the Lord of Moses, but they've just created this list just to make it a lot easier. And we're all a lot happier if you follow my particular rule book. Yeah? Now, I've, I've been brought up in church and I've come across a lot of rule books that have got nothing to do with the Bible. So I was brought up in the Savage Army um, and I love it it's still dearly, still very much part of my life and I... I I follow the army band, I follow the songs, I love all that music and I, I wouldn't let anybody criticise it except for me. And <laughs> because I'm a great defender, they gave me my, 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 my discipleship early on, my parents were officers, etc. Um, but w- w- I noticed that you can't have makeup, um, uh, well, men or women, um, uh, <laughs> but you can't have makeup. You know, that's what was brought up, women, that was worldly. Now, you know, there's some, they'll always, in your rule book, there'll always be some kind of vague connection somewhere in the Bible related to that. You can't play out on a Sunday. You know, you can't do it. So as a kid, you know, on a Sunday, you have to stay indoors. You know, even though all your, your, your mates are outside playing for, and what day was it the most sunniest of the whole week? Sunday, Sunday you know. Thank you, Jesus. What are you doing to me? Um, but this was in the rule book. And then, you, then we move into, in, into, into Pentecost and we find all, all, uh, rules there. When I moved into Pentecost, going to the cinema. You went, you went to the cinema and then I've got, a, I've got one that, you know, well, you might as well just go to hell. You might as well just go straight to hell if you went into a pub. You know, it's just, it's just bad news. Now, listen, I know all of you are all visiting the pubs every day, you know, and... <laughs> And this is a shock to you, but you know, uh, this is why I like you, because I, I like to be with sinners. Um, but we, 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 you know, we all have a book. We all have a book. It's called the Mishnah. That's what it, the Jews have. And uh, in the time of Jesus, it was a, a verbal thing, uh, handed down generationally. In the third century, it was written, a, a proper Mishnah. And if you, went, if you Google Mishnah, it'll give you the whole rules. You don't, you don't need it because you've got your own rule book. And um, we all have them. Things that uh, are offensive. Things that actually, well, this is who I let into my life. People who follow these rules. And Jesus basically says to the Pharisees, um, you need to tear it up. You need to tear that up. Um, we need to be generous in our grace. Um, the sinner doesn't need a seminar on condemnation. They know what condemnation is. They don't understand grace. Um, number five, 
be generous in your response to what God is doing because you're not an expert of God. Verse 47 to 51, it talks about them building tombs, tombs of, of, of the prophets and, um, and yet it was their ancestors who killed the prophets and now you worship the prophets, you know. Um, basically, it's saying when the prophet is moving in the present and, and speaking of the future, we're not as generous about that. We're more generous about things that have gone in the past. Oh, great moves of God in the past when we were not there. Um, but we've read about it. It was amazing. But when God is moving in the present, when the Messiah is standing right in front of you, hmm, maybe not so. Let me go quickly. Um, be generous in the pursuit of God because you haven't arrived. Verse 52 to 54. Uh, you take away the key of knowledge and you yourselves have not entered it and yet you've hindered other people uh, entering into it. Um, and Jesus is saying, look, you've not arrived. You're on the way. Uh, be generous. Include people. You know, the, the, the most generous thing you can say to somebody who's just starting out in faith is to say, look, don't look at me like I've arrived, but why don't you just come and join me because I'm pursuing God. I want to find him a bit more than I do. Just join with me. This is a journey. Now, let me just help you quickly. I'm going to go really quickly. Are you okay about that? Um, uh, how do we do this? How do we keep generosity of heart? How do we have a, a, a big heart? This is what you do. This is, I want to show you something really, really... When I saw it, I was just... I'm so amazed. Um, at the end of chapter 11, in verse 54, um, the, G- Jesus, leaves, Jesus leaves the meal, and, and as he leaves the home, all these religious people are, are chasing after him. It's really quite comical, really. They're chasing after him, trying to ask him some more questions. He's just ignoring them. He's walking. And then, and then Luke says there's thousands of people um, because of the success of his ministry, are chasing, are, are running towards him. They've all got hidden agendas. They've all got reasons. One of them would say, "Hey, you know, can can you get my brother to give me my inheritance?" You know, they'd all have different reasons. Maybe some sicknesses and stuff. But they're all come racing at him. And there are times when you find yourself caught in between either people's confrontation or or or, or the success of crowds. You know, you, sometimes people want you so, so much, and you, maybe the business of your life is, you know, are you, you, do I please people? You know, do, do I do I face a confrontation? Do, do I give people what they want? How do I keep a generous heart when I'm when I'm so so pressed down with people? Here's what you do: um, Jesus Jesus comes and says in verse um, in chapter 12. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another. Jesus began to speak first, not to the religious people who were wanting an answer to their confrontation, not to the crowds who were wanting, you know, for him, for their own needs. He began to speak first to his disciples. And so the first thing I want to say about keeping a generous heart is discipleship is the key. Your discipleship, your journey with Jesus Christ, every day, my, 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 my journey with him. And, and Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. He began to speak, to, well, what's important to me is not those two big crowds. What's important to me is people who are serious about following God, serious about pursuing, serious about getting nearer. And, and, and you've got to choose discipleship in your life. Secondly, 
you need to raise the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. What's, what's just absolutely beautiful is this. In chapter 11, verse 37 to 39, this, Luke does an amazing thing. Um, the Pharisee, it says in verse 38, the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. Then the Lord said to him, now then you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup. Let me slow it way down. Luke decides to write. Um, Luke is writing to the first century church. He's looking back on the life of Jesus. He's doing his gospel. Luke uses the, the, the title Lord over 70 times. It means master, owner. and He uses it a lot. Um, but he uses it in this, in this particular moment um, as, as the number one master of your life. And in the first century church, as it is today, what marks out a Christian is the, is the person who will say, Jesus is Lord. That was, what mar- that, was the, that was the key. Confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth and, and then you start on being a Christian. And it still exists today. That, that, is, that is what marks out um, the, the Christian man and woman. In the context of this, 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 this context of offence, of Jesus being accused and offended in the, uh, and the offence in the Pharisee's home, Luke says this. He doesn't use the name Jesus, but he uses the title Lord. And maybe today you're anxious about some things in your life and maybe you're a little surprised and maybe you're a little offended at what God seemingly permitted to come into your life. Maybe you're confused as to what God is doing in your life. Luke purposely says, in the place of offence, then the Lord said to him. Then curios said to him. That's the term. Curios said to him. It means, curious means supreme power, control and authority. And if you are going to stop the stinginess of your heart, and if you're going to keep your heart extended to be large and generous, then you've got to raise the supreme authority of Jesus Christ in the context when it's confusing, offensive, questionable, and it's all going against you. I raise the Lordship of Jesus in my life because I don't understand what's going on. The third thing you've got to do, so discipleship, Secondly, raise the lordship. Thirdly, you've got to be who you are. I'm finishing with this. Jesus said, be on your guard because there's a hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. Nothing hidden that will not be made known. Let me finish this. Hypocrisy tries to hide who you really are, not what you do. There are things that we have done that nobody will ever know about in our life. But who we are comes through. And you have got to focus on your character. You've got to focus on your personality. You've got to focus on who you are behind the scenes because that's what's going to come out. It's not what you do. It's who you are where hypocrisy attacks. So let me tell you a little bit about what you, some things that you don't know about me. No one knows. No one knows these things. <laughs> now they do. No one knows these things. Whoa! <laughs> Suddenly we're woken up. No one knows that in the first six months of my ministry life in 1992, I've just come out of Bible college and suddenly I'm with this church and I've got to preach at them three times a week, twice on a Sunday in a Bible study, right? I've only got two sermons. 
So nobody knows that for the first six of my, uh, months of my life that actually I, I nicked my dad's sermon box. <laughs> you know what nicked means, yeah? It's not a nice word, shouldn't be used in church, you might be offended. But I, 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 I took his box of sermons and with the ones that I could understand, because his writing's appalling, and even the ones I didn't understand, I, I still spoke to them. I thought, well, I don't understand it, but I'll say it. And I, I preached verbatim all his sermons for the whole six months. And I didn't tell anybody they were his sermons. They looked at me and thought, boy, he's good. He, we've got a good one here. Nobody knows that about me. Um, yeah, no one knows. No one knows that I got caught speeding um, hundred mile, 96 miles an hour. Um, in Cumbria from Penrith to Carlisle because somebody had called me and said I'm feeling suicidal so I thought okay so I got my Superman uh, cloak on and I sped right up to Carlisle I got stopped and I was taken to court and I was fined £100 and given points on my licence nobody knows that because I was first in court on, on, on Monday morning I was first in court and Penrith in the Cumbria like you know you know, it's like Guernsey Press. You know, you know the headline of the paper uh, that that week was um, uh, the week before. I remember it being, uh, you know, uh, chewing gum on the streets. You know, that that, that 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 was the headline before. That's the kind of town it is. You know, but nobody knows that I did that because I got there at nine o'clock for for my hearing and uh, I got fined a hundred pound. But the journalist had not arrived. He's, you know, kind of like slept in. And but so but actually that week in the paper it did say vicar caught speeding. What I didn't understand was that at ten o'clock there was another vicar in there <laughs> caught speeding, and that was in the paper. And when I, when I picked up the pen, oh no, oh no, it's me. I thought, yeah, this is disgusting. It's that vicar around the corner. <laughs> that was speeding. How terrible. What a terrible witness that is. Eh? Nobody knows that about me. No one knows, no one knows about me that on my first mission trip overseas, I was on the plane. I didn't know what to do because I got this immigration form. It says, <coughs> where are you staying? How long for? Uh, what's your number? What's the address? I didn't know where I was staying. I didn't know who was picking me up. I didn't know the number. So I just made it all up. I said, I'm going to Mickey Mouse. And I put this false address on and I gave a whole bunch of numbers. I got through immigration. Nobody knows that was a complete lie. Which just shows that you can fill anything in and nobody reads it. But um, that's the truth. But no one will know the many things I've done, except God, of course. But hiding who I really am, well, that's not so simple. Because who, who I am keeps coming out. And I can't do anything about that. Because it just comes through the decisions I make, what comes out of my mouth, how I react and respond. It just seeps through. And I need to work on who I am. You see, who I am, let me tell you as I finish, that the truth is I get really nervous if there's an awkward silence and so I have to fill it in with, you know, stupid things. You know, I just have to say something stupid because I'm a little bit nervous, you know. And... Um, and, and I've, been, I've been accused publicly of being frivolous. You know, the truth is that I, I desperately want to succeed in what I do. And so I work ridiculously long hours. And people have accused me publicly of being a workaholic. Uh, the truth is, I, I long to know God more. And the, 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 the biggest, the greatest book I read 
I just love the Bible and I read it more than any other book and so I get up incredibly early to read it. And, but that's who I am. And, and, it, and it comes through continually. There are things I've done and no one will ever know but who I am keeps coming through time and time again and people either read it well or they read it wrong. But if I pretend to be someone that I'm not, then eventually it will all catch up with me because the makeup, ladies, you'll bear this, the makeup always runs at some point. It will all come out in the wash. And so my, 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 my encouragement to you today is this. Focus on your discipleship. Raise the Lordship of Jesus when you don't understand what's going on. And thirdly, focus behind the scenes on being the best version of you that Jesus has created you to be. And if you do those three things, then you will have a generous heart. You'll have a large heart. And as you have a large heart, you'll be the image of Jesus Christ, our God, who gave everything. Shall we stand and I can pray? Stand for a moment. Thank you for listening. Lord, I thank you for these people. I thank you for your church, for those who are visiting today. Thank you, Lord, that you know us so much. And we just lift up our hearts to you right now. And we say to you, Lord, work in us. Work in our lives, our hearts, behind the scenes, because we want to be the image of Christ in a world that needs to know Jesus. We want to be large-hearted, generous-hearted. Lord, take this word I have shared and work it through in the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Let's continue to stand and sing a final song and then Tim's going to come and just um, close in prayer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elim Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk.